0: Beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas and strategies, and to provide an online gathering place. It is, if you like to think of it this way, your virtual beer garden, and we welcome you all. Now, today, we get out in a boot and check in with Canadian beer writer and author Stephen Beaumont after we catch up. No, and then we'll catch up with the beer diva, Kiralee Waldhorn, to see what she's up to in isolation. I'm joined each and every day by my Brews Newsweek co host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt.
1: Careful about making a rod for our back, Pete. We were every day, but now we well, we are every day, but only three days with the antidote.
0: Well, that's it, yeah. It, it does seem like we do talk quite a bit. And I did mention, too, there, you know, uh, what, what we're going to find out what Kirill leads up to in isolation. Can I just say, just point out, have we got – we've got a lot more time on our hands, Matt, and yet we're abbreviating. I've heard and seen written in lots of places and lots of beer-related things. Instead of isolation, we're now saying ISO.
1: Haven't we had this conversation? I'm having a bit of a Groundhog Day moment. You yeah.
0: and I had, but not – it's part of the setup, or I just run. Away. Ah, okay, just yes. I'm pretty sure we did it off air, or we might have done it on on Bruce Newsweek. But yeah, do we really have, you know, that little time spare in all this extra time that we've got that we need to be uh, using the word ISO? Well, you know,
1: like we we shorten it to ISO, so we've got more time to say pivot.
0: <laughs> and piv doesn't sound as good. And <laughs> doesn't. It, sound. And the other thing too, and we did discuss this. Isolation doesn't end in a in an E sound, so uh, so like you can't. ISO e like you can't brecky or tinny or stubby it,
2: so I guess pivvy.
0: isolation gets just gets cut to ISO. But exactly. anyway, yeah, there we go. Um, how's your day been?
1: Yeah, I can't believe it's Friday. Just another one rolls around. You know, like it's, uh, <laughs> I could. I, I um, I shall see. I'll, I'll call it up very very quickly. Somebody sent me a message this morning on. Uh, messenger, um, you know, like because you, you just get in the habit of sort of touching base with people and seeing how things are going. And they sent me a, just a meme that I sort of said, uh, here we can go again. Oh, sorry, I meant to say good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well,
0: we'll let, yeah, that, that's just for you guys in the chat room. We'll edit that out so okay. that we keep our PG rating okay. in the replays. Just just making more work
1: for myself. No, just sort of, you know, like it's it's Friday. I can't believe it's Friday again. Another one's rolled around. So, in in, the I did notice too
0: somebody today was talking about uh, the big weekend and the little weekend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which during ISO is kind of, yeah, your your five days. And look, I I do appreciate that, you know, we're, I think we're in our stride. We've hit our stride now, Matt. We're four weeks into the antidote. We were a little bit cautious early on about not being seen to be making light of anybody's situation, um, you know, as it transpires throughout this coronavirus um, lockdown situation but I think it's important that we do where possible you know we, we we do acknowledge that there are some people doing it a lot harder than others uh and a lot of people uh just don't relate as well to to the isolation you know we spoke to Pete Brown um and the, the thing he's really looking forward to is chatting you know banter arguing uh talking over a pint in a pub um which he can do at the moment virtually you know through Zoom or whatever but uh it is difficult for some people so and we don't want to make light of that but Obviously we do want to um, where 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 possible, look for silver linings and turn those red thoughts into green thoughts. Bingo there's a bingo tick. Yep, buzzword bingo. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, okay. All oh, right, are we gonna that's one of mine.
1: Yeah, no, someone said red red thoughts, green thoughts is a Pete you know, is oh, okay. The, the, the bingo. Okay, cause... no,
0: that's all. I'm adding that in. Cool. All right. Done. Um we better get on because we have, speaking of uh, people who are uh, good at turning Red Thoughts into Green Thoughts, we've got uh, Stephen Beaumont, all the way from Canada, Matt.
1: We, we do, Pete. Will we just go straight into,
0: uh, yep. actually, just I've got, to, we... I've got to remember what I said, Just pre-recorded, guys, so just <laughs> play along with this. Uh, this
1: one is, and then we've got Curly Live.
0: That's right, yeah Well Um, actually Pete, you don't have to because Well as I mentioned in my introduction, it's uh, time to head to another side of the world and to pick up, uh, I guess, test the pulse of uh, how things are going in Canada So we welcome uh, beer writer and author Stephen Beaumont, welcome to The Antidote Hello, how are you? Uh, You find us very well, although locked down. Although, uh, as Matt said in the intro, uh, he managed to get out and did an office day uh, yesterday. How are things for you over there in Canada?
3: Uh, Well, we're in lockdown um, across the country. Uh, I think that the the government's being very measured and and handling things quite well here. Um, So uh, I, I live in a condominium in downtown Toronto and... I get out to exercise usually about once a day and uh, every week to two weeks to you know get supplies in so that my wife and I don't starve or, or go without imp- very important things like beer and scotch whiskey. Um, and other than that, we're just hanging in.
0: Now, in Australia here, we're uh, into, uh, as people are listening to this, we're finishing week four of what's called, well, in Victoria, stage three restrictions, but effectively, you know, a a lockdown except for essential travel or or movement. Um, Whereabouts are you guys?
3: I think we're somewhere around the same area. Um, I was travelling in early March down in southern Brazil, and I got back very early in the morning on the 15th of March. And I think the lockdown went into place somewhere around the 18th, you know, sometime that week.
0: And did you personally sort of feel, I guess, just that little bit different, a little bit more nervous than you would, you know, returning from uh, foreign climes in, in any other uh, decade of, of your of your existence?
3: Well, when I was down in Brazil, um Basically, nothing had really hit Brazil. They had, I think, three reported cases in Sao Paulo. Um, there, there was still a lot of speculation at the time that the, the virus didn't survive in hot weather, and it was certainly hot down there. It was, uh, in, in Blumenau, where I was, it was around 30 degrees, 27 to 30 degrees every day. Um, so nobody was overly concerned about it there. Um, and when I got back, I still wasn't terribly concerned that I'd been exposed to anything. I didn't, I didn't feel like there was, and, and true enough, you know, if you believe the government, although, you know, with Brazil, it's all the suspect, um, it, it hasn't been that bad down there, um, certainly not as bad as it's, as it's been in Western Europe and North America.
1: Just thinking back to when Stephen was down last year for, for BrewCon and we had a bit of a, a tour around southern Queensland and northern New South Wales and that was uh, interrupted by the start of our fire season which dominated the, uh, the, the media reports over Christmas and is now a, a, a distant memory. Um, because it's this is a global catastrophe. Is, is is that the sense that you guys are having over there, Stephen? Or you know, what, what's the feeling about the global situation for this?
3: Well, you know, Canadians tend to be globalists. Uh, you know, we we've always felt very much that we're uh, Canadians and then citizens of the world. So uh, there's a lot of um, sentimentality towards what's going on in Spain and France and Italy, um, perhaps a little less uh, sympathy for our neighbors to the south because of some of the ridiculously stupid things that they're doing down there. Um, uh, as, as I, as I talked to you, I just read this story about a protest in Mix- Michigan.
1: <laughs> I was reading that as well.
3: I mean, you know, to get together to protest
0: that that, that you're not supposed to get together.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And and saying that their freedoms are being infringed by demonstrating that very clearly their freedoms were not being infringed because no one was breaking up this protest. It's just it's such ridiculousness.
1: Although Uh, maybe people weren't breaking up the protest because the majority of them were carrying semi-automatic rifles.
3: (laughs) Well, there's that too. (laughs)
1: Because they'll protect Uh, you from the virus.
3: Trump's been speculating about, you know, reopening the Canadian border soon, and, and the overwhelming uh, opinion of Canadians is, yeah, no, we're in no hurry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got nothing that we need.
3: We can go slow on this one. <laughs> so, talking
1: about the the, the brewing industry, Stephen, we, we've seen a lot of breweries down here that what um, we're doing tap rooms and not a huge focus on. Uh, packaged beer, really pivot and look at getting, you know, even setting up their own um, drive-throughs, their own home deliveries, uh, doing beer and pizza deals. How are the Canadian breweries uh, coping with what's going on?
3: Much the same way. Uh, You know, what you talk about, the, the new model for breweries for the last half decade really has been Uh, open your tap room, sell anywhere from 50 to 80% of your beer at your front door, and let the rest take care of itself. Um, So obviously, when you close down that tap room, that is a major, major impact. Um, Now, most of these breweries were packaging beer to begin with because they wanted to sell it out of their brewery store. So it wasn't like... A lot of them had to suddenly get canning lines in or figure out some way to get their beer into package. Um, But they have been allowed a large amount of latitude by the government to begin uh, distribution uh, via, um, in Toronto, a lot of breweries, I think almost every brewery in Toronto will now drive beer to your door for free for a minimum order. Um, I've been doing a series of video reviews of Ontario beers um, on Instagram at uh, OG Beer Mag, um, which is the this the Instagram feed from Original Gravity, which is a magazine I run over here, um, just to kind of feature these different breweries and you know make sure that people know that yeah you can you can get this beer at home you can get it d- directly delivered to your front door and it won't cost you any more than if you went to the brewery and bought it.
1: That's a bit of a change for, and I know that Canada, okay, sorry, Canada, <laughs> Canada, Pete and I joke about calling it Canada. Um, Canada is very much like Australia where you've got uh, very strong states but then it's a federal system. Are the, uh, are the liquor selling laws um, state based or are they national?
3: They're, they're provincially based, so uh, every province is handling this slightly differently, but everybody is opening up to try to allow these businesses to stay in business. Um, in Ontario, in addition to seeing the breweries um, get permission to home deliver, uh, we've seen uh, restaurants and bars are now allowed to sell beer, wine, and packaged spirits to go. Um, which is, in, for Ontario, that's a massive, massive pivot. You know, it's something that I never thought that I'd actually see happen. Uh, but the government is giving these businesses uh, every avenue to revenue that they can possibly give them. So I respect the government's movement on that front. Um, and I, my wife and I have been trying to, you know, we're ordering food either for pickup or delivery, at least uh, three times a week, usually a little more than that, to try to support the businesses that, that are around us. Um, you know, we know the owners; we're, we're friends with these people, and we want them to be around when all of this is over.
0: Stephen, speaking of when all this is over, and you know, we talk about the new normal, whenever that might begin, and whatever it looks like. And we've asked our, our other. Um, Guests, what do you think or what, what do you envisage as um, perhaps staying on as, uh, you know, so some of these innovative, um, whether they're government economic levers or just some interesting adjustments and innovative procedures that breweries, uh, for example, have um, have thought up during this time, which do you think will, I guess, we'll will, will keep on? And which do you think, you know, what, what do you think will have changed afterwards?
3: Well, unfortunately, I think that we're going to have fewer breweries. Um, I think that is definitely something we're going to, we're going to be facing. Uh, there are some small operations that are just not going to survive this. Um, and I, you know, I've seen on social media uh, reports of places that have now announced they're, they're not going to be re- reopening. Um, the Toronado in Seattle, uh, which was owned by Matt Bonney, who was a great guy, died a couple of years ago, um, it's announced it's not going to be reopening. Dan Gordon's um, pub in Palo Alto, uh, the original site of Gordon Biersch Brewing um, in the U.S., they've announced they're not going to be opening. So there, we're going to be seeing some, some fewer numbers of breweries around. Um, I think people are going to be reluctant to go to bars, too. Uh, I think there's going to be probably when restrictions are eased, everyone will run out to a bar within the first week. And then retreat back home, and maybe not go out anywhere nearly as much as they used to. I think it's going to take some time for people to become comfortable again. What, why uh, do you so say that's that? Something that I, I think, I think there's a lot of fear out there, um, and I, you know, to be fair, it takes a lot of fear to keep people indoors for as long as they've been. Um, you know, to to tell people that we're trying to stop the the, the spread of this disease that can actually kill you. Um, that's, that's, that's a fear tactic and it's effective. So I think the, the polar, the, the, the effect of that in the long run is that people are going to be more reluctant to race back out to bars and restaurants. And also they're getting used to drinking at home. So, you know, if you want to be cautious, then you invite, you know some friends over who haven't, you know, haven't been sick for four weeks, so they're pretty much virus-free. You have a few drinks in your home, and then you feel a little more safe than if all of a sudden you're thrust into a public space with a bunch of people you don't know.
1: Mm. That, that's interesting because one of the statistics that we've seen down here is that whilst the the the, the median age for people dying or being hospitalised is well over fifty. The greatest number of infections have been uh, amongst people who are under 30, who, you know, the, the very early messaging that we saw was that um, this is a disease that affects older people primarily and young people will be very mild. And that seems to have really coloured the, the, the way that different age groups have engaged in the social distancing and thereby the the, the, the spread. Is that, are you aware of any similar data from Canada?
3: Um, I, not, not that I'm aware of. Um, certainly I, have not, I've not looked into, uh, any statistics in terms of cases and, and how the demographics work out. Uh, but you know, you don't have to be a genius to know that there's this greater sense of invincibility when you're under 30 than when you're over 50. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you know, there, there, there might be the, this tendency among people of my nephew's age who are both in their uh, early to mid-20s to say, okay, you know, we can go back to, to normal now, uh, maybe be a little more cautious, but I still want to get back to the bars and that type of thing. Uh, but, you know, for people who are over 30, over 40, um, they've got households, they've got kids, they've got responsibilities, and they might be more inclined to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to rush back until I'm absolutely certain that i'm not going to get this thing
1: Mm. no no it's interesting that we might and i'm sort of wondering whether we'll see a like an even broadener a more broad um difference between those two demographics you know maybe people over 45 and people under 30 um having two very very different approaches to it because we spoke to pete brown earlier in the week who said that he thought that people are just going to rush back to you know the, the quintessential english pub
3: well, I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm 55, actually, about to turn 56. I'm about a what 10 days away from my birthday now. Um, and I am going to rush back to bars. In fact, I have a plan in place for my wife and I when, when they, they reopen things. I know exactly the bars we're going to go to. I know exactly where we're going to have dinner because we just want to get back to these places and say hi again. And yes, we support you and we're going to be here for you. Um, but I, I do think that in the general populace, I think there might be, there might be that initial surge back. But I think in the longer term, there's going to be a greater reluctance.
0: And Stephen, I think you make a really interesting point there in terms of uh, the, the, re, the the caution or fear that that some people might feel. Um, you and your good lady wife, if you're at a bar, you can walk past. If you can see that it's already heaving at the at the seams, you might say, yeah, okay, we'll come back later or we'll go to the next one. I think the difference might be in things like uh, sporting events where you don't know how many other people are going to be there. You're then confined to a seat and all of a sudden, you know, there's lots of people around. I think um, it's easier for us to to make those decisions to say, I'll go to the cafe because there are not many people there. And if it does start to get busy, we can call it a day and, and move on.
3: Yeah, and I, you know, one of the things that certain people pay me for is to try to predict the future, to see what trends are going to be happening in the, in the future, not just in Canada, but globally. Um, and one of the things I think we might see is that, uh, you know, every licensed establishment all around the world has a maximum capacity. Uh, well, if you're still worried about people getting into too much contact maybe you start by allowing half that capacity back into the bar so instead of having 120 people you're allowed 60 people um maybe we'll see sporting events start by selling every second seat rather than every seat Uh, you know there are all these different possibilities that uh I, i think governments right now are trying to figure it out and say okay you know how are we going to manage this? How we have the responsibility of the citizenry to make sure that this doesn't bounce back and start all over again. So, how are we going to how are we going to manage that graduated return to something approaching normalcy?
1: One of the other things that you're uh, engaged to do is is travel and, and, and visit places, and we, we've seen beer tourism being an increasing element of the uh, the, 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 the beer experience. How do you see that as being affected uh, through all of this? You know, I, I'm really picking up that people are starting to really embrace local even more than they had. This has been a real impetus for them to embrace their, their local breweries and potentially select them over um, ones that have come further afield. Do you think that global travel or a preference towards local will um, be, be impacted?
3: Well, it's funny, you mentioned Pete Brown earlier, I was chatting with him just uh, last night, in fact, and uh, I said, you know, one of the two places that I'm missing the most are, are the pub and the airport. <laughs> um, but I'm not, I, I, I'm not your average, I never thought I'd say that I'm missing airports, but there you have it. Um, I'm not your average guy. I think that uh, global travel is going to be very slow to come back. Um the airlines are in a very, very tricky situation. Uh, you know, their their revenue streams have slowed to practically nothing. Um, I think when this is all, people are going to be very, very skeptical about. Um, you know, where are we going to go? And you know, this is this this much is based on history. I mean, we've seen in Canada, we saw SARS. We've seen the avian flu come through. Um, so. We, we've, we've experienced this reluctance to go back. Uh, I think it was the avian flu or the swine flu, I forget which one it was, that had an outbreak in Northern Mexico. And Mexican tourism took like over a year to recover from that before people wanted to go back. I think uh, Italy and Spain are going to be hit hard in terms of their tourism industries. Uh, China for certain is you know—Chinese uh, in, inbound Chinese tourism Uh, was was never massive to begin with the government has been trying to develop that over time Um, but it's 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 going to take a huge hit Uh, and and the breweries that are have created these destination uh, brewing outfits they're going to hurt from this too Um, you know there's, there's no question they're going to have to look at what have they how have they planned all this um you've got something like brew which is based on having a global presence having individual brew dog bars around the world and really appealing to people who come from all over um how many of those bars are going to be closing because they won't be economically viable uh six months from now there's a lot of question marks in the air but I think that uh, the, the the decline of international travel, I don't think, is a question mark. I think that's pretty much a certainty.
0: Now, Stephen, before we let you go, uh, we've spoken to our other guests uh, just to pick up some tips and, and tricks and, st- and strategies as to how they're coping. As a beer writer, is there something that you're doing, um, a project or anything that we can uh, help promote?
3: Uh, well, Tim Webb and I have just completed the uh, third edition of the World Atlas of Beer, which will be coming out sometime this fall. Hopefully when we can all be looking at uh, breweries around the world again and saying, oh, this is some place I'd love to go visit. Uh, we completely rewrote the entire thing. So it's, it's not just a third edition. It's a, it's a totally new book. Um, and I'm looking forward to having that come out. And right now, I'm just—I'm actually trying to sell new book ideas just so I'll have something to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and obviously, the the, the the new book will uh, feature your recent travels to Australia.
3: Will indeed, um, uh, Tim and I. For each one of these, we split up the world, and of course, this time I, I got all of Australasia. So um, you can—if I—if I got anything wrong, you can blame me directly for that. <laughs>
0: All right, well, listen, we better let you go. Thank you very much for joining us on The Antidote, and uh, good luck with isolation, Stephen Beaumont.
3: It's been a great pleasure. Always, always fun to talk to you guys. Sorry, but
0: I, I know I have a habit of doing this, Pete,
1: but uh, no Stephen, on, it, I've been having my coffee while you've been uh, no doubt enjoying your beer. Do you mind sharing uh, the, the, the beer and also the style?
3: Oh, well, um, yeah. I, um, As I said, I've been doing these... Uh, online uh, or video reviews on Instagram, and I've been highlighting Ontario beers. I'm not, I'm not usually one of these guys who, who's a big booster of drinking local, but uh, during these circumstances, I've switched all of my beer buying to local breweries to try to support them as much as I can, and I'm encouraging everybody everywhere to support your local breweries, um, because if everyone handle, helps out their local guys, then the international stuff will take care of itself. Um, but right now I'm, I'm drinking a, a brewery uh, down in Niagara, which is the wine country of Ontario, and it's called Oast House, and uh, they started their life as a, as a farmhouse-style brewery, and then pivoted away from it and have lately pivoted back to it. So I'm having their Saison, which is a very lovely pour.
0: Excellent. And it's uh, early evening, your time. It's uh, 8 a.m. Uh, our time here in Australia. Not yes. that I'm judging, yeah. but just, just so that we can, <laughs> we can paint, paint the picture for, for our listeners, that's all.
3: Well, I, I think we all know from the, the video, our Instagram video from the Barefoot Contesta, Ida uh, Garten, that you can have, it's it's cocktail hour anytime now.
0: There's there's no more rules. No such thing as Friday. No such thing as Monday. Every day's a weekend. Yep.
1: It, 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 you're constantly in an airport if you think of it that way.
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but all the pubs are closed, so there's you know there's the downside. Well, Stephen Beaumont, uh, we certainly look forward to uh, catching up with you in real life uh, when we're all allowed uh, again to be out and about. Um, thanks for joining us on the antidote.
3: Absolutely, been it's, it's been fun. And uh, give me a call any time. Always happy to chat.
0: Well, there we go, Matt. That was a Stephen Beaumont, and I just remembered as soon as you did the intro that I forgot to write down the bit where uh, I said you were I was going to mention to you in the intro uh, that we that you went into the office yesterday. So the <laughs> intro today would make sense, but. Never mind. Hey, listen, I've also added a new specifically Northern Hemisphere uh, word to uh, buzzword to buzzword bingo. What's that? I I, I didn't realise this morning when we were chatting to Stephen, but I realised then listening back, normalcy. So Pete Brown said normalcy. Returning and, to normalcy. Yeah, and um, and John Holt said normalcy. Oh, there you go. So normality. it's an
1: international, adding a bit of international flavour to uh, uh, beard words bingo.
0: Yeah, there you go. So now, it's... it's onwards and
1: upwards and now our next guest who will be live so uh anyone who's got any questions for her but pete i i I did speak i went back and listened to the very 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 first episode when we were working out (laughs) how to make this thing work and uh it and it did feature the beer diva herself kiralee walthorn kiralee
0: welcome to just hang on no hang on i've got an intro oh you've got an intro sorry hold on sorry because kiralee is pivoting so this is why we're talking to kiralee there's something very important so kiralee your call is important to us and we appreciate your patience during this difficult time. This call may be recorded for training and quality purposes. To talk to Matt and Pete, press 1.
2: Pete! <laughs> That's not how I answer the phone, Pete. There's no on the phone. Waldhorn,
0: welcome to the antidote. Hello.
2: Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It is. It's been. Are we talking fun. about like all those years ago? Is that what you're? 2011. Referring to Matt? It was
1: 2011. 2011.
0: When... Oh, uh my
2: yeah. God. Nine years ago. That's I know. Crazy, Matt, I met James
0: Smith, Kiralee Walton. Yeah,
2: that's brilliant. I remember we were talking about um, the Crown. Um, the wedding uh, and the uh, the ale that well, anniversary ale is that what it was called? I kind of remember now. Exploding. Oh, the Crown Ambassador Perfect Reserve. Crown Ambassador, Ambassador Reserve. Where well, we talked history. about that, yes. yeah, yeah.
0: But, yeah. but we also spoke yes. about uh, it was Prince uh, yes, wedding. William's wedding as well. Wedding, we, we spoke yes, about and the, the Queen. Queen. brewing especially.
2: That's right. Oh and my
1: bar, gosh! I'll have to send it to you right because the beers that we were talking about as well were so, not insultingly, but compared to. The selection that we've got now, the the, the <laughs> beers that we were talking about, were, were rather pedestrian.
2: Rather. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll send yeah. it to you.
1: But anyway, but, but let, let's not reminisce, in, with everyone having to, to listen in. Um, no. Tell us a little we'll bit do because, that on our own time. <laughs> well, we can. and We should. Um, we, yeah. we should have an ISO beer session together. Um, yes, one day. We
2: should actually. Great idea.
1: But what we wanted to oh, talk sorry. about is, uh, I mean. With everything that's that's happened, um, my a big part of what I do is events and doing mm-hmm. you know, festivals and events and food uh, festivals and hosting completely kaput. My diary is suddenly empty. Um, I was meant to be getting on a plane tomorrow and going to Craft Brewers Conference um, and yes. my, my diary is just completely empty. And I guess with Beer Diva um, and Nightingale Events and so much of what you do is uh, event work –
2: how are things going for you? Yeah, pretty similar, actually. <laughs> Ditto. So um, I think it was, there was there was a day, and I think it was uh, around the 14th of March when um, I was supposed to be going to a fashion event, darling, as you do, <laughs> um, that got canned, and then that's when they came out with the 500 people um, or more ban on social gatherings and from there it just literally (laughs) snowballed, and I was just reading emails saying cancel 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 or picking up the phone cancel 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 so yeah mine went from yay it's all cool for the next few months to there's absolutely nothing going on for the next few months so So, so yeah it's a bit of a Bit
1: of a shock. So, what do you do? Because I know that you do quite a bit of consulting to different uh, companies as well as a bit of a sideline. Are you able to
3: yep.
1: pivot to do more of that or um, you, you're um, spending some time on the phones?
2: Yeah, I have, I ha- I have been able to help. Um, some breweries but of course you know they're they're just trying to figure out how they get through this mess without it it wasn't really the right time to go in and go let's talk about your future
3: (laughs) um, yeah exactly
1: so you know i um i
2: i i did do a little bit of that but yeah fundamentally not not really anything so um I just went into right. I need, to, I need to earn some money, as we all do. Um, mode and just started looking at different things and just pressed apply, 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 apply to all sorts of things. I don't even know half the things I apply for, to be honest. So I was just thinking, how do I, how do I get myself through all of this? And um, I ended up um, having an interview with a company who. Um, basically contracted um, by the federal government Um, and of course there's a lot going on with the federal government at the moment Um, but specifically um, one of the areas is supporting small businesses um, through this whole COVID-19 response from the federal government so things like JobKeeper, Job seeker, um, the cash boost program, all of that stuff, um, and the phone lines were just going hot, and they needed more people who understood small business. So they recruited ten um, small business owners, and I was one of them to basically get on the phones and take calls um, to help other small businesses figure out how to navigate this this new world of um, support and just. Um getting themselves through the next few months, so it's been really interesting actually, so that's my pivot uh,
1: so, so, so talk us through that tell us uh, <laughs> let let us hear your phone technique if, if it's different to what pete
2: <laughs> <laughs> well we have to get three points of id first pete you should know that to um to be able to get on with the call so you know you introduce yourself and get name and phone number and and um postcode but then literally it's you know that the great thing is is there's no kind of time restriction they're not saying you've got two minutes on every call they you know they know um what these businesses are going through um, and therefore it's you know whatever time it takes to, to help them but generally a lot of the questions are around I run a, I run a small business, I'm a sole trader, what help is out there for me, you know I'm struggling, um, where do I go, what do I do, um, JobKeeper is a big part of it so if anyone out there <laughs> in the brewery world doesn't know about JobKeeper, you should. Um, so that's all about to support businesses um, and their employees through the next six months by um, providing a payment, a fortnightly payment to, to companies which they then pay, pay their employees um, to basically keep their employees um, financially stable but also hopefully at the end um, they're all able to come out of this and, and still have a job and still have a business. So, um, yeah, fascinating in terms of the types of calls. I have had, you know, quite a few in hospitality um, calling me, um, venue operators, um uh not breweries haven't had any breweries so maybe they just all know what they're doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think they've been racing to shops uh, Some sort. i, of I was had... going to
2: say the drive-through um <laughs> the drive-through setup um but yeah look it's you know a, a lot of them are just also just wanting to talk to someone and just you know it, it gets them i think um emotional support as well um as financial, they just want to have a chat and kind of tell you their story. And, um, yeah, I've had, had some interesting calls.
3: <laughs> so tell us one of,
1: Pete, sure. one of Pete's favorite, you know, being the positive guy that he is, he loves the uh, turning red thoughts into green thoughts, um, metaphor. Um, yeah, so going through that process where you're speaking to businesses and hearing their tales, what mm-hmm. are you learning from that, and and you know, and what's something that when this is all over, um, you're learning that you can apply to your own business?
2: Um, just to get just to get everything in order, really. And look, I mean, I I've literally, started on the phones on Tuesday after a week of training last week. I am learning every day. Um, you know more information about just the these programs that are available and I think one thing that I have learned is um the the website that we are basically kind of supporting business.gov.au there's so much support out there for for small business if you um just explore and try to find it there's a huge amount of grants there my dog might start barking she's getting a bit grumpy with me um but yeah there's a huge amount of grants out there for all kinds of businesses there's information on you know how to start a business um all the steps to go through um marketing social media there's just a massive amount of um of information um for anyone in small business and That's the federal level. And then at the state level, um, you know, there's even further support. So something that I've learned is actually just go on and have a look and see what's available and um, start actually utilising some of these amazing programs and grants um, that are available specifically for for small business in Australia. And And do your tax returns uh, on time and your tax returns? Are
0: you able to work from home?
2: No, I'm working from home, which is why I'm opening the door to the to <laughs> <laughs> so Tilly.
0: No, well, no um, going to ask. Is, you know, when you do get to those ones where they want to sort of you know, tell the story and it gets a bit boring, like you're able to crack a midday saison. Um, absolutely. You know, later, just got, to help you through. i got
2: a line up on the, on the desk. <laughs> I could if I wanted to. I haven't actually thought about that. I thought I'd just get through the first week without beer. Um, but, yeah, I, I could. So, yeah, we've transferred. Transform the house both the boys who are in high school um, their bedrooms are their classrooms my my bedrooms my call centre um, and it all seems to be working so far which is is good
0: because that's originally uh, the purpose, I guess, that we, we we thought we'd get you on. Because uh, first of all, yourself, myself, and Matt, are probably reasonably unique in the in the independent beer scene, in that you know m- the majority of our work is gig-based, um, event-based, mm. hosting-based, and that sort of thing, um, beer festival-based. But we're also yep. all parents. Um, so you've yes. got year nine and year eleven. I think the same as myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so we're originally going to get you on to sort of get some tips on you know how's the homeschooling going. Have you, you know, dusted off the, the the mortarboard and gown and got the cane out for the boys, or are they, uh, you know, are they coping well?
2: They're coping extremely well. They're very self-sufficient, as you can imagine. So because they haven't got we a We literally, well, they don't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the routine is I kind of go and keep them awake at eight thirty with a cup of tea, <laughs> and say so it's time. You've got half an hour before you need to be in front of your laptop for school, um, and then we come out in breaks basically and um I mean the, the school is great in that um I'm sure a lot of um schools use compass but it's a great way of keeping in touch so they the teachers I think um because they realize obviously a lot of parents are still working as well um particularly in high school they just send through updates in terms of what they're doing and then you can go online and see what um the expectations are in terms of if they've got projects due, um, yeah, so like you know you can keep sort of yeah you can keep keep track of it that way. But there's a lot of faith that you know they're not actually sleeping through school. <laughs>
0: Well, my yeah, oh, dad's going to teach me, so I'm going to learn a lot of stuff, but we'll do it a lot quicker than the teacher would do it. But um, she's got to yeah. be up at 8.30 because they've got to log in. And, um, yes, lo- well, so mine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. For every period, they have to have a roll call. So, um, yeah, I think that my two were hoping that it would be done and dusted by 11 o'clock, but they're actually doing a full proper day of school. So they start at 9 and have their normal recess and lunch breaks and then finish at 10 past 3. And then yeah. have now, to Curly, be very quiet. Before, before we
0: let you go, we've got a young fella, mm-hmm. Mick Hulse, is in the in the chat room and he says, oh, hey, Curly, you know, big love Mick. to you and the family. Kiss.
2: No, oh, that's sweet. Very nice. I know Mick's been doing his his afternoon beer garden and unfortunately I haven't been able to partake because I've, you know, obviously been on the phone. On the clock. <laughs> on the clock. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sorry, Mick. I hopefully I'll get there doing on the weekend. How are you guys going anyway? How are you two coping with the well, schooling? Th- th-
1: this is how we're filling our days.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so at the end of this, we're either going to be, um, you know, best mates, or perfect strangers, <laughs> or um, or we'll yeah. have killed each other. There, there's already a little bit of that.
1: So, um. no, it <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> oh, it's Larry. But Kirby, what's your read on how? Are you keeping in contact with the 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 events that you are regularly doing and hearing back for how quickly stuff will spring back to life once restrictions are, are, are finished?
2: Not really, not really. To be honest, um, yeah. I mean, all so I obviously do a lot of bar staff training as well, and that's all that put all of that on hold um, uh, for the foreseeable future. I think I think everyone just just shut down. Um, And uh, they're really waiting to see, um, you know, where we were going to get to. It was that first, we've had the first month of, you know, lockdowns and and shock and and what's going to happen. And, you know, obviously Australia's reacted and responded um, pretty well. I think we're, you know, certainly doing well compared to other countries. And I think um, the next four weeks is going to be, that's when people are going to start thinking, okay, if we're going to come out of this, then what does that mean? And I hope it means that everyone just wants to gather <laughs> and have lots of events and, you know, celebrate that we got through it. But, yeah, who knows, really. It's it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens with all of that.
0: It certainly will. Listen, Kiralee, thank you very much for joining us on The Antidote. Um, good to hear that you've, uh, you've pivoted, you've adjusted. Um, yeah,
2: to, and i would i would just say um you know to any any small um businesses you know most most of the breweries would would be considered small businesses um to just get online um there is a a number but there's a huge amount of information um job keeper which is obviously that that payment that um is uh, going to support a lot of businesses is actually opening on monday in terms of the enrollment so just get on there, see what see what's there for you, because there is support out there. Um, and any questions, just send me a message, and I'll, <laughs> I'll be careful. What be you wish sure there. to answer <laughs> it for you. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's been the theme for us this week. Is, is there a, a website or a you know a one eight hundred number or something that's a, a, a good first port of call? Yeah.
2: So the website is business.gov.au Au, and that's got all the information. And it and it actually goes into Sole traders, small businesses. So it gives you all that info, and then the ATO is is where the job keeper um, is all held. So they're the ones that are going to be making the call on eligibility.
1: We'll put a link but, yeah, in the show notes for you.
2: Business.gov.au. Yeah, well, certainly it's. It, and once this is all over, you know, that's something again that I'm going to go back and explore because the the amount of grants on there. Not so much now, but um, in the past is huge. So if you can get some money out of the government, why not? <laughs> huh?
0: Exactly. Hope that no, was look, Just to take <laughs> a couple of words on our buzzword bingo, Kirillia, before we let you go. Yes. Um, yes normalcy. We shame. will see you on the other side and uh, for some normalcy. And uh, yes. look forward to uh, picking up where we left off uh, with GABS and Brucon and all the rest of it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's hope that. Um, yeah, it happens sooner rather than later. I'm also very good at the phonetic alphabet now too. By the way, I don't know uh, your buzzword. What's your you, uniform?
0: Uniform. Well done,
2: mm, Jay. Yeah. Jay Juliet. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Good work. Yeah, can't. Yeah, 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 no. I mean, I call me impressed. Kira Lee to the Beer Dever, Thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the antidote.
2: Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't believe it's been nine bloody years since you've had me. <laughs> on here. Like, well, we have tried rude. to
1: be there, but you're such a busy lady. Oh, yeah,
2: you, yeah. Missed, you
1: missed our 200th yeah, episode.
2: Yeah. Yes, I did, actually. I did. Yeah. But anyway. We, All we right. Have fun, guys. Stay so safe.
1: Look forward to having a beer.
2: Yeah, definitely. All right. We have to organize a Zoom beer with you guys.
1: Done. That's the plan.
0: All right. Take, take, take care.
2: care. See you, guys.
0: Stay safe, stay home, wash your damn hands.
1: <laughs> nice one, Pete. Nice. All right, yeah. there we go. Whew.
0: Did she ISO? I think I think there was another ISO in there as well. There could have been. There, there were a couple of pivots, and good, good to see she was listening in, so there was a bit of normalcy there. <laughs> I'm not imagining that, am I? Look, normality is the right word. Is, is it like a green and a
1: green? We know what it means. Let's not argue about semantics. <laughs> Let's uh, ride this puppy into the weekend.
0: All right, done. Hey, listen, I've got an absolute cracker, and this one I've written specially for you, Matt, so you are going to love this one.
1: Okay. Ready for me to go?
0: Strum away, Matt.
1: This is the long form, Pete.
0: And that was the Beatles with their reworked 1963 classic, I Saw Her Standing There. Join us again (laughs) same time tomorrow for The Antidote with Matt and Pete. Uh,
1: I think that comes with a hashtag dad joke.